Welcome to the podcast, Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. My name is Amanda Lise Love, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia. And today's guest is Yvonne. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I always start the, my episodes with learning about the guests and their background. Yeah, so... Um... Let's see. I, so I live in Silver Spring, Maryland and, um, and I work for the government and I am recently, my first novel was published. It's called the prophetess. And, uh, and I, I, I'm really happy to be here and kind of getting to chat. I was, so in terms of fibromyalgia, I was, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia probably about 10 years ago, but I've been dealing with the symptoms since I was a teenager. And, uh, but I'm so grateful for the for the treatments and the, and all the, all the different things that I've been able to do to, um, to be able to kind of keep staying committed and doing the things I'm committed to in my life. So how did you get started with your book? Yeah. So this book, the prophetess, so just to give a kind of background about it, it's a, it's a mystical story about an American teenager who's unexpectedly called to join a secret community of Jewish prophets. Um, it's a story that um, weaves kind of Jewish mysticism into like American life. And, um, and it's a story of this girl who really discovers and grows into her gifts. And, um, and it also includes some, some spiritual wisdom about our life's purpose and growing into our gifts that I hope can be relevant for everyone. What exactly um, made you decide to write the book? So I've been working on the, I, I, I started it when I was in college. Um, so I went to the Johns Hopkins University and I was in the writing seminars program and I, um, and I was concentrating in fiction and I took like an independent study so that I could work on this book that was even at the time, like just like kind of bothering me or kind of sticking with me all the time. Um, and, and I, it took me from there, like about 20 years before I got to the point where it was ready to show to a publisher. Um, and the, I guess I was, I was kind of pondering, I mean, so the stories about prophecy, um, which I should just clarify for those who might not know, like, so Jewish tradition, like, you know, as, as you may have seen from the Bible, um, there are prophets in Jewish tradition, but it, our tradition is that prophecy ended um, at the beginning of the second temple period. So more than 2000 years ago. And, uh, and so what I was playing around with was like, well, you know, what does that mean in terms of, in terms of human relationship with divinity in, um, in modern life? Um, like that there's that we say there's no such thing as prophecy and what does it mean in terms of like knowing what our life's purpose is and how we can grow into it and I wanted to write a book that came from my own tradition but that could be useful and meaningful for everyone I was reading books that came from other traditions like the alchemist and the Celestine prophecy and I wanted to write one that could you know come from my tradition but be an offering like that and uh and you know in terms of in, in thinking about it, like in terms of a, a well-being thing, like so prophecy, you know, biblically um, reportedly was like a very overwhelming experience. It involves a kind of loss of consciousness, uh, um, like a loss of bodily control. And, um, you know, this this idea of, of having visions. And, and for me, you know, as a person kind of living with sometimes, you know, 
well-being issues, um, struggles with pain and other you know, kinds of physical challenges from at times. Um, this kind of idea that something like that could happen, that a person could have a difficulty, you know, in their body, but that it might, you know, it might have, there might be a higher purpose to it or some reason for it really spoke to me. And so um, I'll re share a reading later on, but that's been something that, that I feel, that's one thing that I feel like, you know, the book kind of explores that, like, you know, how do you kind of keep going with the things you're committed to, even when you're kind of facing things that are out of your control? Interesting. So how, how have you faced your health challenges? Yeah. So, um, you know, I wanted to, I, I wanted to be willing to kind of share about fibromyalgia. It's not something that I've talked about that much, but I do feel like it's, it's, I did want to kind of be able to talk to people who are struggling with fibromyalgia because I have had my own experiences there and, and I have worked really hard to um, to kind of be able to maintain a level of health so that I can keep pursuing the things that I'm committed to. Um, and it's it's I mean, thank God, I'm very grateful that I've been able to do that. I realize that it's challenging and and maybe even a lot more challenging for some people than it's been for me. Um, but I've also taken on a lot of practices that have really helped me um, and that have helped me to um, you know kind of have have a, a sense of being, of, of having a kind of ownership or a sort of um, relationship with my body that's like a loving relationship and that's a responsible relationship and that has me like not feel victimized um, by my own relationship with my body. And that's been really good for me. Um, and so I wanted to be able to share that and to share that, you know, that I believe it is possible for everyone to, you know, kind of create a relationship with their body and look at the things that they're truly committed to and continue to pursue those things, even if, you know, even if you're unfortunately dealing with hard circumstances with fibromyalgia or any other, or any other issue that you're dealing with. Um, and so, so I wanted to share that. Do you, do you want me to talk about some of the things I do or what would be best? Um, sure. Okay. So, um, so some things, so some things that have really helped me. So I, um, I, I work with a chiropractor who has been very helpful in my life. Um, I don't know if this is the case with other people, but for me, um, what he discovered is that I, or, you know, explained to me is that I have these sort of micro injuries that happen, um, in my body that like maybe wouldn't be a problem for someone else. But like when I slip or trip or, you know, even kind of like somebody pulls on my neck too hard, like something, things easily get out of alignment in my body. And I don't have any official medical condition that would explain that, um, except for fibromyalgia. Um, but so I'm, I'm in regular sort of need of adjustments that are not just sort of like back adjustments, but also adjustments like to different muscular sort of sections of my body that can get easily injured in a way that can cause me more pain. Um, so that's one thing that I learned that, that I, I don't know if it's a common experience for others, but is a real issue for me. Um, and understanding that about myself has really helped me because like we used to have like cords all around our house and I would trip over them <laughs> and, or like think, you know, there were a lot of different kinds of things that were just basically hazards for me more so than for others. And um, once we really understood that those things were, you know, actually dangerous for me, I did a much better job of not walking around in a dark room and stuff like that. Um, 
I also use acupuncture. Um, my chiropractor helped me to understand how much of my diet was playing an important role in, um, in my uh, pain <laughs> and how, um, how much like sugar and, and dairy and wheat would increase my pain and just make me feel worse. Um, and, um, helped me to kind of narrow down that those were the specific problems for me and to, um, you know, it, it definitely took something to kind of realize that those foods were causing pain and like choose like less pain rather than those foods. But I, um, it really helped a lot when I did. Um, I also just wanted to give a shout out to, um, magnesium. I take a certain kind of pill that are, that's called fibrocare, um, which is like magnesium and malic acid. And of all, I do take other supplements, but of all the supplements that I've ever taken, they've been like the most longstanding useful pills because, um, it seems like I, um, maybe wish like, it's not like a blood test said that I was short on magnesium, but it would seem that that's the case. So, um, so those are just a few things. Um, and, uh, you know, being on top of, um, you know, the various different kinds of things that I do and not kind of getting, you know, distracted or, or too tired, you know, too tired or whatever, kind of not giving up on them for some reason has also been important to kind of be consistent with the whole system. It sounds like you have a great, like, chiropractor because that's how I found out about my food sensitivities yeah he I mean I you know I don't really understand how applied kinesiology works like how it works that like they you know they can you know figure out that things are causing pain just by like he just can figure things out by just putting something into my mouth and sort of testing like muscle strength and pain levels and stuff um which is I mean I don't really understand how it works, but somehow it works because he's been able to help me figure out which foods weren't working for me. Um, bizarrely, like I seem to have a really bad reaction to quinoa that was actually causing me a lot of pain. Um, so it's not always just like the, you know, the, the top three, like the wheat, dairy, sugar thing. Um, and also has helped me to sort of see which supplements are helping and not helping on a regular basis. That's great. I always say you have to find someone who can help you. And if you're not feeling better, you got to find someone new. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, and sometimes it happens like I do a lot of like kind of regularly tracking my well being to kind of know, and I can say more about that, but like to kind of know how I'm doing. And sometimes if I'm not feeling well, and like, I know that it's been like a little while where I'm feeling worse and worse, like then I know something's not working. Like I need to, I need to go. And, you know, once, you know, now that I think I'm, you know, kind of feeling pretty good, um, you know, when things start to feel worse, like I know that something needs to be changed. Like maybe I need a supplement change or maybe my, um, you know, maybe I need another practitioner to help me with something, but like, it's not a, it's not like a permanent, I find, I mean, I don't know how others, how it is for others, but I find that it's like not really a permanent fix. <laughs> like it's like, you know, life is evolving and I'm, you know, I'm getting older and things are changing. And, you know, so, you know, even though I, you know, have kind of got to stability, it, it could be that like, I need something else in a year or something like that. Like there's a, there's a kind of ebb and flow to it, which has been, um, you know, it's sort of hard, but also like if I can kind of stay on top of it, then I can kind of catch it hopefully before, you know, it starts to go really downhill. 
And you said what you said makes sense about the fact that as we get older, we need our needs change. We need different things. Yeah. And I mean, I think like one of the things that I've learned is that sometimes a supplement works for a while. And then like my body doesn't necessarily need that supplement anymore. Maybe it needs something different. And, you know, kind of being on top of that, like maybe I'm finished with that one. Maybe I need something else and kind of having um, a, an ability to kind of, you know, the car, my chiropractor is very useful in this particular way of helping me kind of, you know, suss out if it, if that thing isn't working and I need something different. But um, I think that like sometimes just like body change means that like, you know, something that was working for a while, you might need to kind of switch out with something new. Exactly. And I think if you're those who are listening to this episode, if we're, if people are in their twenties, thirties, we have different hormonal changes than someone in their forties, fifties or older. So we're always dealing with different things. And that's why I always say one thing is not going to fix you and you have to make changes. Yeah. And it's a, you know, it's a process. I feel like it's healthiest to kind of relate to it as like a, an ongoing, you know, like you're never, laundry's not ever done. Right. And like the cooking's never done. Like there's always the next, you know, the next week you have to cook again. And like health is like that. I mean, even for people who don't have fibromyalgia, health is like that. You know, we have to exercise, like everybody has to like, you know, regardless of where you are in, in your health, like everyone needs to like, be, be kind of, you know, aware of what they're eating, aware of how they're sleeping, aware of how they're exercising. Like I used to think that, um, that like, it was like, ugh, if it weren't for my body, like that has all these like issues, then like I would, you know, then health wouldn't be something that I'd have to take care of, but that's not true. Like everybody has to take care of their health or if they don't, then, you know, there are consequences to that, regardless of what their body situation is. And, I think that, you know, especially for someone who has like, my chiropractor would sometimes tell me that my body is like a Ferrari, like a a little bit more sensitive than, you know, than your average car. Um, But if you, but if, you know, if you have a body that's a little bit more sensitive then like all the more so it's like an ongoing, um, an ongoing effort, but not in a bad way. Like it's a, it's a labor of love to take care of like your, your home in this world. Your body is like your home. And like you, like you said, we have to take care of our bodies. Um, I, we only have one body, so. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, and like, I mean, I, I just want to, like, I can't say enough about like forming a relationship with your body. That's like a loving one. Cause I used to really, really hate my body. Like I used to be really angry at my body Yeah, and like, you know, it's like, but, but then I suddenly, I had this, I had this insight and the insight was like, my body is working so hard to take care of me, to do all the things like that are necessary. Like my body is like my, my partner in this world. Like it's, I mean, I, I know it's a little weird to say to create a separation between like myself and my body, but like, it's like my, it's my, it's my home. Like it's, it does all these things for me, everything that I do, like I couldn't do without my body. And like, there's a lot to love about it and to appreciate about it. And that, that actually helped me to not be like mad about it, but to actually be like, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing. Even when you, you know, even in times when you feel lousy. Yeah. And I, I think in 
the beginning of our fibromyalgia journeys, I think we feel like, oh, why is my body making me so sick? Why can't I do everything else that everybody else can do? Yeah. And I think before you get diagnosed, you're like wondering why can I just be normal? Not that anyone's normal. I never. Right. Right. That's the, that's the fallacy of it. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, oh, can we, what is, what is normal? There's not, nobody's normal, but I think before I was diagnosed, I would always be like, like, oh, exercise is going to fix. Like I, I would punish my body too much with the exercise or you would eat not as much, but it's not really, it's not exercise. It's not low calories that are, is going to fix your health issues. Right. And I think people, I think we just punish our body. And when we're sick, I think we say to ourselves, oh, well, this is how it is. And I might as well just give up. And you're sort of punishing your body by not taking care of yourself because you're not getting the answers that you need. You need to get, you need to start to feel better. And if you're going, 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 going and doing everything for everybody else, how is that serving you? Yeah. Yeah. And like one thing that I think is like, you know, I, I really get that the feeling of like, you know, why is my body stopping me from doing the things, but really like you and your body are on the same side. (laughs) Like it's a partnership and there's not, it's not like the, your body is holding you back. Like your body is struggling through something and kind of needs you the way, like you need it and it needs you to help figure it out and get to, you know, to the other side of it. Or like, you know, to, to a place where you can feel better, where you can both feel better. Exactly. And I think a big thing is like you've been saying is we got to listen to our bodies. Yeah. Because if we don't listen to our bodies, then that's not a good thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. One thing that I do, like I, like I was saying is like, I do like a regular, every night I kind of track I call it like tracking my well-being. Mm-hmm. And I keep a kind of log. I log a few different things. I log um one is like I have like a structure for like well-being level. It's like a one to five scale. And and actually like there are all these decimal points in the middle <laughs> because I need like more granularity than one to five. But like two is actually like my sort of threshold level of like. I felt pain throughout the day, but I was able to do everything I was committed to. Like I didn't have to change my day. And, um, that's sort of like the level where like, it's, you know, I know like there was pain, but I was able to do what I wanted to do. And if I can get to that, like, if I'm there, then that like means something to me. Whereas if I have to change my schedule or like, I can't, you know, work a full day or things like that, then it's more of like a higher level of like, three is something like I had to, I had to like change my schedule Four is like, um, you know, I had to, you know, I couldn't, 
I couldn't work. And like, I had to, couldn't work a full day. And five is like, I couldn't really do anything that day or hardly anything. But then I also have like a, a below two is sort of like, have like a, some le- granular levels of one, like 1.75 means that I can ex like I was feeling pain all day, but I was well enough to exercise. 1.25 was like, there were some parts during the day where I didn't notice that I was in pain. Cause I was like busy with other things and it didn't sort of break into my consciousness. And that kind of like, um, you know, being able to, and like, one would be like, I didn't notice pain all through the day, or like there was a moment during the day where I noticed no pain at all. And I almost never get to one, (laughs) but like, if I'm sort of between like 1.25 and two, then that's like a range where I feel like, okay, I'm functioning, you know, and it's, it's fine. And if it starts going above that, then I'm like, okay, I really need to start like investing in what's, what, what's going on here. Like something's changing, if I'm starting to get to that point. And it's really, and I try to focus, I also do track pain levels like in my body, um, but but I try to focus on the well-being level because I find that it's better for my brain and like for my body, just like overall to be paying more attention to like, could I do what I was committed to than paying attention to whether or not I was in pain? Because one of my scores is like, I didn't notice pain. <laughs> And if I can keep working and I'm not paying attention to whether or not I'm in pain, that's like a very high level for me. So, so that's, and I feel like it's very useful for me to log that because like at the end of the day, I can just acknowledge where it was. And, but then I have a record because I have no idea how I was feeling three weeks ago. And like, I can start kind of track a trend and see like what caused things to get worse or better. And, you know, but also kind of see like, am I trending worse? Like, is something changing? Is something going that's not quite right? And, and it, because I have a record, uh, like I can notice like, no, like I, you know, uh, you know, I had X number of bad days last month too. So like, that's kind of like, you know, that's sort of where I am right now and it's fine. Um, So, so that's, so anyway, I find that to be really helpful for myself to kind of know where I'm at. And because before I started doing that, I would always wonder like, is this better than it was last month? I can't remember. That's a great tip to do. And it, it doesn't take that much time. No, it really doesn't. It's like, I mean, I have to remember to do it every night before bed, but it really doesn't take time at all. Like it's, um, it's, it's just a quick noting it down. And I started putting it like on a chart just so that I could kind of see the ups and downs, but, but you actually don't even need to like just a simple, you know, kind of notation of it. And I also note down like how I slept and, um, and also like, I just make some notes about like, did I exercise? Did I, um, did I, uh, like, did I take any, have any particular change in my supplements at that point? Like, was there a particular place in my body where I was noticing pain? So I have like a way like, so, but all of that is just one line, um, in a big chart and, um, one, you know, one could do more, you know, obviously you can customize it to what is needed for you. Um, one thing I do write down, like, cause, cause this is an issue for me is whether or not I had a headache and whether or not the headache like had me take medicine for it, because that is something that like, I really want to know, like if, like when the headaches are and yeah. if they're getting better or so. Yeah. Do you find you get the headaches? Like it's a hormonal. Yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, yes. yeah. See, that's like the thing I don't get 
I don't get headaches now that I've been off of like the gluten and stuff. I would get, I got daily headaches before, but like the hormone, like that time of the month, I, I'm like, I'll get one super bad headache. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, I think, you know, that I'll probably like around at, but at this point, I probably get like three headaches a month. Um, but yeah, they do sort of tend to be like all around certain, you know, on, like at certain hormonally important times. Yes. And, and being aware of that, like kind of tracking it like that, like other, like, I would get worried about having a headache. Cause I don't know how, I don't know how it is for everyone else, but whenever I'm in pain, I worry, like, what did I do wrong? Like, <laughs> did I eat something? Like, is it because I trip? Like, I just want, I start to think like, what did I do? Did I do something? But like, if I get a headache, like within three days of that month, within three days of that day, every single month, then it's like, yeah, that's not a headache. I need to feel that. <laughs> like I need to be concerned about it. I could just, yeah, if you're getting that, I mean, that's, yeah. then it yeah. started telling you, maybe you need to work on something with your hormones or something. But I mean, it's sort of, it's such, it's, we don't want people to be getting daily headaches. Maybe you're right. dehydrated. Maybe you're not eating enough food. Maybe you need to take a break and not be so stressed out. Yeah, yeah, but- I think it's, 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 I think it's interesting how we automatically are like, oh, I have a headache. Well, I'm just going to take something for it and we're not going to listen to our body. Right. Right. That's true. I mean, and I have like a special number in my tracking system for like had a headache and took Advil, like, well, whatever for like, you know, had to take Advil because, you know, cause I was in extra levels of pain and, Unfortunately, I don't have to do that, like, you know, on a, on a daily kind of basis at this point. Um, but I, but I, like, I have a sort of marker for when I had to take medicine and like, I'm kind of like always kind of aware, like, is this going to be one of those days where I'm taking medicine and like, that's going to be noted on my chart and that, you know, aware of whether or not that's, you know, more or less than last time. And so, um, yeah. anyway, I, I think that's a great point you said about the medication is I think, I think we all need it. If you're going to go on a medication, you can't expect your doctor to track it. You have to be the one tracking it. Yeah. I mean, and whatever, right. I mean, whatever kind of treatment you're using, it's so helpful to be tracking so that you can see if it's working. Um, and like, you know, a couple of years ago, I was in a car accident and it was like right around then that I had started tracking. And so like, you know, it was like clear for like a while I was recovering from that car accident. And like, it is helpful when, you know, like the track, like, but I could kind of be like, okay, I'm feeling worse by this amount because I'm recovering from a car accident. And like, as long as I can kind of, after a period of time, it took a couple of months, um, you know, kind of get back to like, sort of what I would consider my own, like, okay, baseline. Right. then like, then I didn't have to worry about that pain. Like I'm dealing with the, I'm, I'm dealing with that. I'm, I'm healing from that. So you can also like kind of track like what's, you know, what's not normal, but if you know what the not normal is, then you can kind of see how long it takes to kind of recover and, um, 
and and I find that like as long as I'm sort of recovering <laughs> and sort of gradually getting better, um, then it's then it's you know then I can I can be more okay because because the thing is that like pain is like like there's the physical aspect of it that stops you from doing what you want to do or that's like you know makes you irritable or all those things like there that's true like but there's also such a mental aspect of pain that's like it's like wh- why am i feeling this way what's wrong like what what did i do wrong or or what did you know or what's wrong with my body or you know there's like so much of it is like mental like um, oh my gosh, you know, how, how long is it going to be like this? Or how long has it been? And all of those, you know, all of that suffering. So that we, um, you know, that part, there are a lot of ways to manage, like just, you know, kind of tracking it and being aware of what caused it. And, you know, knowing that you're trying to still do the things you're committed to and all those kinds of things can really help. I like how you mentioned the mental aspect, because I think what we do is we're like, oh, I'm focused, we focus so much on the physical aspect, but we don't focus on the mental aspect at all. And we really need to do that. We can't push that to the side. Yeah, because I mean, you know, figuring out ways to have a, a positive attitude or to not be, you know, or to be, you know, kind of, um, like, okay, like kind of accepting what's happening or those kinds of things. I know how hard that can be, but it also is like a part of getting well. Exactly. And I think we need to realize we want, if you want to get better, or even if it's 20, 30, 40, 50, 60% better, we have to work on our mental to get to be able to do all the other things, the physical, the lifestyle, all that stuff to get better. Yeah. And to, and to really be who you're committed to be in life, you know? And so like my book is like the theme of my book is like grow into all your gifts and, you know, even it can be hard, like if you're suffering and and in pain and like really struggling, it can be really hard. Um, but you, you know, you too still have gifts to grow into and knowing what those are starting to kind of focus on them and even taking sort of baby steps towards fulfilling them or living into them can be really, um, you know, empowering and fulfilling. And you, you know, regardless of what your body's doing or saying, like you deserve that fulfillment and empowerment in your life. I like how you said um, the gifts, because I think we all have a gift. We just need to figure out what that gift is. Well, hopefully lots of gifts. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. And we, and I always, whatever the gifts are, God gave you these gifts and you need to use them in his glory. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not even, I mean, I think that's right, but I also will just say that like, it's an absolute privilege to grow into one's gifts. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pleasant, it's a pleasure. It's not like an obligation. It's a, it's, it's like an amazing opportunity because the thing is, so I, you know, I come from the Jewish tradition and our tradition, like, you know, you know, fulfilling what you're here to do is the most fulfilling thing that a, that a soul can do. Like it's a, it's, 
it's what we're here for and and it's a it's a beautiful thing so um so i i think you know it's it's not an obligation it's like a labor of love it's a it's an opportunity to to be your best self exactly and it, we all need to be our best selves yeah it's a um and 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 i hope that that you know that that brings you joy and fulfillment so would it be okay with you if i read like a scene from my book yes okay so i just um I, I chose this reading because because I just thought people might resonate with it if they're dealing with fibromyalgia. It kind of um, speaks to like what it's like to you know not always have freedom to you know kind of be and um, and do what we think we want to do. Um, so like I was explaining, the the girl Rachel, um, stories told from her perspective, um, is is dealing with uh, being called to be a prophetess. And that involves like, you know, some really uncomfortable physical experiences for her. And, um, and so I thought I would share this scene that, that, um, that shows that, and, uh, you know, this is from the middle of the book and I just want to be reassuring that like, you know, things work out for her, um, and it's good. And if this story speaks to you, if what I'm sharing speaks to you, if this scene makes you want to read more, um, the book is called The Prophetess by Yvonne Marzuk. And, um, and I, I, I think you might really love it. So um, I invite you to check it out. It's on Kindle and it's on um, and it's on Amazon, like in a hardcover and a Kindle version. And it's available in other places too. And um, and I'd be happy, my website is growintoyourgifts.com. So if anyone has any feedback or would like to talk more about it, I'd be happy, I'd love to hear from you. So here's um, so here's the scene. Um, so it was Black Friday and the mall was packed with teenage boys in jeans and slides, harried mothers with whiny young children and weary adults who had been there since opening. We took the escalator to the food court and waited in line. I had just picked up an apple to go with my pizza when the lights swirled around me. It happened so fast I couldn't have escaped if I'd tried. Flick at the lighter, deep breath, snow. White crystals like shattered pieces of the white sky reminding him of the first time he ever saw it four years old, holding his mother's freezing fingers. The baby wrapped up tight against her chest, asleep. They never went back. My chest was burning. Flashes from the vision sliced through me like a knife. Snow, a baby, a lighter, fire. It took several minutes before I noticed the anxious silence gathered around me. Had I been standing in line when I called her mother, Lauren's voice was grave. I opened my eyes to a crowd of people standing over me. A uniformed security guard was nearby, speaking into a walkie-talkie. My green apple had rolled a few feet away. Lauren crouched on the ground beside me, her face white as the snow in my vision. Mom rested her hand on my shoulder, waking me. Moments from the afternoon trickled back to me, Lauren's cold fingers on my arm. The sweet relief as the pain in my chest dissolved, leaving me like a wet rag on the tile floor of the mall the clanging of my mother's keys as she approached, a dazed walk to her car. I barely remembered climbing the stairs to my bedroom. Now mom sat perched on, in a chair beside my bed in the fading light of dusk, her hand warm on mine. Would she tell me anything I wanted to know if I just asked? What would I have to tell her in exchange? Right now, I only wanted to hide from her intense gaze. 
Lauren says you've been having night migraines again, she said. I looked away. You don't have to keep it a secret. Her fingers traced, fingers traced a circle on my palm. How long has it been? Through my window, I could see the streetlights coming on. A couple of months. She brushed her hand through my hair. I wondered, she said, these last few weeks. She shook her head. We'll go to the doctor. It'll get better like before. She leaned forward and kissed my forehead. Is it still hurting? No, I said. I feel better now. Have you been taking the Mexalt? She asked. She had a pouch of the migraine medicine in her hand. She held it out, but I pushed her hand away. I don't like it, I told her. I know, she said. She set the pouch on my night table. I'm sure the doctor will have something else we can try. For that moment, I just pretended it was all true, that I could go to doctors and they would make it all stop. So I just wanted to share that scene because I feel like, you know, maybe some of us can relate to the sort of experience of things not going the way we thought they would in our bodies and having to deal with that. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I'll put all the links in the show notes. So thanks for coming on. Um, it's, it's my pleasure. I, I really appreciate the chance to share and um, would, would love to um, you know, continue the conversation with anyone who'd love to talk more about these things. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day.